Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Flower, back with another Flyline Essentials with Mac Brown. How you doing, Mac? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Marvin? As always, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. And, you know, this time we're going to cover lawn care and maintenance. And then our next episode is going to be our great Q&A episode. That sounds good, Marvin. And on top of that, I hear you got some big offers that have come in this last weekend. <laughs> What's that, Mac Brown? Well, you well you had a birthday, and I'm wondering how many double ARP offers with the Chinese briefcase, the leather briefcase you've, you've taken up this weekend. You know, the amazing thing is they never found me when I turned 50. Oh, that's good. That's good, because that's a lot of junk mail. <laughs> it's probably worse than Publishers Clearinghouse, but, uh, you know, uh, we wanted to kind of, I guess, we're probably going to break this line care and maintenance thing down into probably three or four pieces. And I think, you know, we were talking about this, Mac, before we started uh, recording about, you know, stretching your lines if you've had them, you know, cranked down in a real, uh, real spool somewhere in the car in your gear bag and you basically want to go fish you probably want to pull out maybe the first 15 to 20 feet of that line and and stretch it out a little bit yeah just yeah a lot of times if i'm in a boat i'll stretch it out six foot at a time and if if you have the access like on land you know casting or practicing um on on the field or something just have somebody pull the other end and stand back and just give it give it a good good tug and hold on to it for a second and help straighten it out yeah, pulling it on a uh, taking a big long piece of line and putting it on a trailer hitch works pretty well too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to do. Just to have it stretched out and uh, and that's a good time too. Once it's stretched out, to, you know, I think that's an important thing, and the, and equally as important is is you know cleaning it. Like every time I pull it out, like we had a, our casting school this weekend, the two day school, and you know I had everybody clean it because I'm like, when was the last time you cleaned it? And everybody looks dazed and confused and it's really an important step to clean it. You know, if you're going to try to talk about shooting line and do all these things, there's just so much dirt. And even if it's from the water, even if you hadn't touched the grass or a, much worse, a parking lot or a gravel, gravel driveway is pretty hard on fly lines, but you're going to get dirt a lot, even on the water. That's where all the, all the, you know, film like in the meniscus is where it carries most of the trash in the river, especially when there's pollen and, that kind of stuff. So you'll see a lot of filth come off of it, even using it on the water. So it's a good idea. Just take ivory soap, put it on a rag. Um, that's what I use the most is just, just soap. Have it lie on there and just pull it through a cloth and pull it through a cloth with a, get rid of that off of it with a little bit of water and just pull it through again, you know, just a piece of paper towel or cotton cloth, whatever you got available. A lot of times I use my shirt tail. That's why you see these big black lines when you're teaching. You'll see two big black lines where you pinched it and pulled it through a shirt tail. But it's it's a good idea to clean it. It's hard to shoot line if there's a bunch of grit, you know, sitting on the sitting on the line. Yeah, and when you say ivory, you're talking about ivory bar soap, right? Yeah, just the, just like ivory type bar soap. Yeah, because you know the harsh stuff. So, and SA makes a a line cleaning liquid you can use too. But you know, you know, using something like Dawn uh, or something even more kind of um caustic then that's really not great for your line because what it generally tends to do is pull the oils out of line so you want to use a really really gentle soap right yeah just that's why i like the ivory that's what i've used it for years you know before they came out with all these new impregnating lubricants in there that, that help leach out over time i mean it's just that's a good that's a really good way to clean it, it helps stuff get get removed you know with the soap yeah and if we back up a little bit 
you know, too, we kind of talk about like that's kind of like, you know, when you kind of come home, right? A couple times a season, beginning of the season, end of the season. But, you know, when you're on the water, at least for me, I usually carry one of those SA abrasive pads with me and a little line dressing. And if I need a little bit of a tune-up, you know, I can pull the line through the cleaning pad. It's got a little bit of a abrasion on it. And then, you know, you can take a, you know, your shirt tail and a little bit of line dressing and pull it through there and you're, you're back in business. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a good idea to do, too, especially, like, you can tell it. I mean, you can tell always when it's not going to shoot. And you can tell when it's dirty is what I'm saying. If, you, if you're throwing a line enough, even on, a like, the South Holston or over here on the Nantahala, you can tell instantly once it's dirty. Because you go to shoot, and it shoots, but it's just not shooting, like, up to par. And it's just like, yep, time for a cleaning. And that just comes from... I guess, you know, the act of doing it a lot, that the way you can tell instantly when it's dirty, because it should it should, should go through the eyelets and take off and shoot like butter, you know, going out. So as soon as it feels gritty or like, yeah, that's feeling like the brakes are put on, chances are the line's dirty. Yeah, you can also watch it. It'll usually start to sink a little bit in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that'll be the case, too, when it starts to, like, sink real slowly, especially toward the end. And uh, when it starts doing that business, it's time to give a little cleaning. Yeah. And we were talking, too, about kind of storing. And, you know, you know, sometimes people have extra spools, and that's great. But, you know, one thing I do, um, you know, particularly when I don't have extra spools, is I basically pull the entire fly line off um, and then basically put it in a really loose, like probably, I don't know, two-foot-plus loops and just hang it around the neck of a coat hanger in my closet. Yeah, I to hang it up on like pegs or that kind of reminds me of the old <laughs> those stories from River Tron when they'd have to take all those silk lines and hang them up on the peg boards in the barn and that's where the you know the where Gerberstrother came up with the Belgian cast that's how they did that back then I mean they'd hang all those lines up every day when people were done so then they'd redress them and then put them back on the reels for the next day but every day that was that was the, the method for line maintenance back at that time period. And um, I think that's a good idea, you know, to keep it from being tightly coiled up on a, on a reel. That's a real good thing. A good habit to do for sure. Yeah. And then we were also saying too, you know, really not a great idea to leave fly lines and hot cars uh, in places like that. Cause you know, waiters and, um, and fly lines are two things that the heat will absolutely wreck. Oh, yeah, and especially these days with all the, you know, we had vault, rod vault type apparatuses here back in the mid-80s. That's what really kind of started it. We'd have them on the boats. We had them on the cars. And then you started to see everybody making all these vaults for vehicles, and that was like 30 years later. But, I mean, there's a lot of different companies that are doing it. But that's probably one of the best ways to ruin a line. I mean, if you really want to think about, yeah, just drive around, look cool with it on your car and let your lines cook for a week and then go to the river on the weekend. Because I see those in the cities everywhere. Like Asheville, you see it on all kinds of cars. And it's just, uh, I think it's one of the best ways to not have longevity in your line is let it cook up there in that rod vault. Because most people leave them in there. They don't take them in and out. They don't go to the river and then pull them out. They just leave them there all the time. And definitely, that's that's a great way to destroy your line, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you were talking about this too. I mean, the amazing thing is, you know, if you really take care of your lines, which means, you know, don't cast them on asphalt. Like if you're doing casting demos in a parking lot, have demo lines, right? 
Um, but yep. if you take care of them and clean them, don't leave them in cars. Um, I mean, you, you can get a lot of days of use out of a fly line. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. There's a mastery series. What I used this weekend was that a seven weight mastery series expert distance. And that line has been on there since 2007 and it's no cracks. It works just as good as the day it was new. 2007, the trout amplitude rod, they wanted to see, I use a Whitlock connection a lot with these different fly lines where you basically cut the mono and insert it into the fly line. So they, the people wanted to see that. So I brought out some two and three weight lines and those go back into the like 2005. So they're, they're 20 years old and they're still just as good as the day I put them on. So, if you're buying quality lines, which, you know, there is a lot of science, to be honest, with the UV inhibitors and all this. I mean, a lot of people think that's a gimmick. That's definitely not a gimmick. When you have the knowledge of all those chemical engineers from 3M and they want to make a UV inhibitor to make something last, I think they did their homework really well because, I mean, you get you get what you pay for. It's like a lot of those lines cost similar, but a lot of other, other brands don't have the UV, UV inhibitors. And you'll see them last for three or four seasons and they're ready to be replaced. Well, you paid the same money, so why don't you get one that lasts 20, 30 years for the same money? It's just good science, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a great place for us to give a shout out to our friends at SA for sponsoring the series. And, you know, folks, we are in the home stretch. The next episode in two weeks is going to be our Q&A episode. So if you've got any questions for Mac on fly lines, you need to get them in. And remember, this is how it works. Send them in. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media whatever's easiest for you. And if you send in a question, we're going to enter in a drawing for a signed copy of Mac's book, Casting Angles. And then Mac and I are going to pick the questions we want to talk about in the Q&A episode. And if we select one of those questions out of that pool, we're going to draw and you're going to get your choice of some essay lines. So great opportunity to pick up some great lines that are, if you take care of them, will last a really long time. Right, Mac Brown? That's right. And, and I appreciate you having us on again, Marvin, to talk fly lines and want to wish you a happy birthday too before we run oh well i appreciate that and you know folks uh, i think we may have turned the corner on the hot weather here in the southeast and uh, you know if we can get a little bit of rain i'm seeing the stream temperatures come down where they need to be if we get a little bit more water i think we're gonna be in great shape uh, for fall trout season and you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines everybody tight lines matt tight lines marvin